Today on episode number 573 of the School of Podcasting, I interviewed Drew Ackerman from the Sleep With Me podcast. This is a super niche podcast, and if you're thinking about starting a podcast, you got to listen to this podcast because Drew, his purpose is to put people to sleep. That is a super niche podcast. And wait till you hear what I read about him in the Washington Post. We're also going to take a look at Anchor. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, here's what happens. I help you massage your message. I help you face your fears, flatten that learning curve, and tackle the technology and get you going, not just starting a podcast. Look, you can go watch outdated YouTube videos and start a podcast. I get you going in the right direction, headache-free. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com, and I cannot wait to help you start a brand new podcast. When you head out there to sign up, use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and that will save you when you sign up. You know what? I'm excited about this. Let's get right to Drew. All right. Well, joining me via Skype, I met this guy at Podcast Movement. I'd already heard about his show. It was like, it's a what? Are you kidding me? And what I love about this is I've been running into a few shows that are hyper niche. And uh, we're going to be talking here with uh, Drew Ackerman and his podcast is called Sleep With Me. You can find it at sleepwithmepodcast.com. And it's an interesting podcast because the goal where normally I'm on this show going, whatever you do, don't be boring. And Drew's goal is to put people to sleep. So Drew, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Yeah, thanks for, I'll try not to bore your audience too much, Dave, but uh, thanks. For, I don't want Glenn to fall asleep in the shower. So <laughs> That's it. So w- where did this idea come from? It actually came from when I was a kid not being able to sleep. Like when I was uh, in grammar school, I uh, in fifth and sixth grade particularly, I was dealing with dyslexia that was undiagnosed and I was having a lot of trouble at school. And as a result, I couldn't sleep and I would be worried about school and I would be up all night and I, I felt really desperate and alone, even though I was like six kids. I'm the oldest of six kids. And my parents, you know, they tried to help, but when you can't sleep, it's kind of can be mysterious. And then one day this kid in my class told me about this radio show called the Dr. Demento show. And he was like, it's on Sunday nights and it's this comedy show. And I started listening to that. And Sunday nights were always the worst because I hadn't been at school for a few days. Right. And so I definitely couldn't sleep. And when I listened to the show, it, it never put me to sleep, but it just made me forget about everything I was worried about and made me laugh and relax. And I never forgot those two things, like not being able to sleep and the kind of relief and the distraction the show brought me. And then as I started listening to podcasts, I was like, oh man, like one thing I love about podcasting is like that you can talk about anything and that some people can talk about their passions, like whether it's fishing lures or theme parks or roller coasters and I just loved getting this little window into people's world. And, and uh, I don't know, at some point I was like, why aren't there like, I, I don't know, maybe I could tell like a bedtime story podcast for grownups and be kind of boring and rambly. I do that on like camping trips or days at the park anyway with my friends. So I was like, uh, yeah, let's just see how it goes. It was literally like uh, that, like you must hear this a million times, but 
for years, I put it off. I didn't even plan it. I was like, no, that idea is too weird. It is too <laughs> wacky. Don't do it. My internal critic was like, you'll be humiliated. And at some point, a couple things happened. And I was like, why don't we just try it and just start recording and start releasing? And like, I don't know what would happen if I didn't follow that just random moment where I was like, okay, let's just start and see how it goes. And right. uh, it's like one of the benefits of not having a big audience. When I started, I had no audience. And I, okay, I got to jump in here. I love the attitude here. I don't know. Let's throw it on the wall, see what happens. And after all, when you first start out, nobody's listening. So who cares? I love this. Now, wait till you hear what happened because he was like, eh, let's see what happens. It gave me this huge amount of freedom to like grow, to get comfortable. Like I was so nervous when I first started. I didn't know how to edit and I was overperforming, but there was no pressure. You know, I was able to grow and the audience kind of grew as I grew. Right. So as you kind of matured and, and kind of found your voice, that's always the fun buzz phrase. You found your voice. Your audience started to grow. Do you remember what you were using when you first started? Yeah, I was using borrowed equipment, actually. Like I uh, I just borrowed a microphone. I had like a shotgun mic straight into uh, like a Tascam DR40. And that was it. Like, uh, and I was recording on that. I was editing on like a, like an old Dell laptop with like Audacity on like Linux. And I mean, I did like 150, 200 episodes like that. And then I changed to like a ATR 2100 at some point. Then I changed to a mic that someone recommended that didn't work out, you know, like an, more right. like a couple hundred dollar mic. And then now I'm, I'm still on like not super expensive equipment. Like, uh, I don't know. I think like once you get comfortable with something, uh, it's important to incrementally improve the sound of the show still a skill I'm learning to like monitor your audio. It's such a abnormal thing from day to day life to like hear yourself and be talking, especially when I'm like, and uh, you know, then I'm going here and like, <laughs> like in my rambling kind of voice. Well, that was the one thing that really amazed me at podcast movement is somebody might just think, well, I'm sure, you know, you just basically grab, I don't know, the, the latest USA Today and just, I don't know, read the business section or something like that. And I was amazed. Tell us what goes into like what wouldn't be a good episode and, and how you actually pick what you're going to to use. I had to go to the dentist last week and, and I had to get like some work done because I'd been procrastinating. And I was like, man, I wonder if I could do a show about the dentist. And I haven't been able to crack that one. So stuff that people are really afraid of, because you don't want to remind people of bad experiences <laughs> or places they don't want to be. But at the same time, I get a lot of listeners that listen to the podcast at the dentist. So I'm like, huh, could I do an episode to distract people? put people to sleep and distract people while they're at the dentist. So anything that like triggers things that are going to keep people awake or remind them of things that, that keep them awake, I try to avoid. But other than that, the world's kind of full of stuff to observe and kind of, I, I happen to be like a person that just goes on tangents naturally. I may, maybe I'm naturally boring <laughs> a little bit. Like I just kind of keep a pad and keep pay attention. And then I'm like, huh, could that be a podcast episode? And then maybe I'll give it a week or two and see if, you know, there's going to be 45 minutes of material there. So, cause it is like, even though it's boring, the whole idea of the show is it sounds free and easy, but to sound free and easy, at least for me, it takes a lot of work and editing and recording in segments sometimes and pre-planning and writing, or like I do Star Trek episodes on Sunday and I probably watch the episode five times before I record because I want the show to be as good as it possibly can. But I also 
I don't try to get hang, hang up on perfectionism either. Like the show can never be perfect. It can't please everybody. Right. It's just about kind of doing your best and getting a little bit better each time. Oh, preach on Drew. I love that. Think about this. He started off with some new stuff. Let's see what happens. And then most importantly, he didn't let perfectionism completely stop him. Now he did say he thought about this for years. So that, that perfectionism probably put it on hold for a bit and wait till you hear the, some of the things that happen here because he finally let it go. So don't let perfectionism and the fact that you don't have the right equipment and things like that stop you from launching a podcast. Well, when you say, yeah, I wonder if this would make a good episode, what criteria, like, how do you know when you go, Oh, this would be great. And you start to think about it. Yes. What, like, what's the criteria? Get there enough attention that you can be distracted from whatever's keeping you awake, but not to over-engage you, but to stay there and be present with you. Like for the listeners that either aren't going to fall asleep or, I don't know, I guess, it, and this is part of where I might be chasing windmills, like overworking or or trying to do too much. But it's like, I think like, just like when Walt Disney was like, oh, you got to put pupils on the eyes of those pirates and the pirates of the Caribbean. And the people were like, well, you, they they can't see the, the, you know, they can't see the uh, eyeballs from the ship. And he's like, I don't care. He goes, they can see them. He goes right here, you know, right, right, right. in their heart. And the, and for me, it's like having the complete episodes reassures the listener, whether they hear it or not, that I'm going to be there to keep them company, to take their mind off of stuff. And maybe my show is like, not for everybody. It's like, uh, right. it's pretty goofy and strange, but for the listeners, it helps I always think back to that memory of me when I was desperate and alone in my room. And like, if someone was there to keep me company, like how grateful I would be. And when I can do that for other people, it's like such an honor. Like we were talking about because of my podcast stories. And I just heard from someone that's dealing with PTSD, like a soldier. Wow. And he wrote a review on iTunes and was like telling his story. And it like brought me to tears. It was like so humbling to know that this kind of thing I do, I mean, it makes the hard work worth it, but it's also like, and anybody out there that's like doing a podcast and having a hard time or having a hard time starting, it's like the thing that got me started was that little twinge in my gut. And to know that that little twinge in my gut can help somebody that's dealing with something really serious, like that I listened and I had to overcome my internal critic, but that it can help somebody else now. I mean, I don't even know what to say, like other than like, I'm totally humbled. How cool is that? And this is what I say. So many times we we think about this, and he'll talk about it a little later. You know, when you first start a podcast, you're like, you have all these delusions of grandeur and thousands and millions of downloads and things like that. We, we need to think about that one person that we could help. Man, that's an amazing story. I love that. All right. And wait till you hear. Wait till you hear. This isn't the big thing. Wait till you hear at the end. I'm going to a big reveal at the end of this. Let's get back to the interview. How long have you been doing the podcast? just about a little bit over three and a half years. Like I just crossed 550 episodes recently because we come out three times a week, which is like, that is, that is schedule I'd recommend for it. Like anybody knew, but I, I always thought about it. If somebody's relying on me to fall asleep, if I was listening to this podcast, I would want it three times a week or I would want it five times a week, but I'm like, okay, that's not realistic, but uh, no. three times a week's fairly doable, but it, it, it's doable. How long would you think it takes to like create an episode? I think like to, to create episode, like probably takes between 15 and 20 hours of labor. Wow. Um, or I have two different editors that work on the show. So they probably put in like two or three hours and then I put in the rest and a lot of it's on the front end. And then the recording can be really slow. 
Like I'm not doing a live to tape style recording. It's mostly linear, but sometimes I'll take three or four takes of something, or sometimes I'll be there and I'll be getting overly critical of myself or over, I'll start getting stressed and, and that doesn't help people fall asleep. So I have to pause it and be like, okay, we're not trying to make a masterpiece here, Drew. Right. We're just making a podcast to put people to sleep. Just do your best job. Just be present. You're just here to keep people company. Let's not get carried away. And they'll be like, okay, okay. Even when I started it, like I had like tons of unrealistic expectations of things going poorly and things going unbelievably well. But I've been able to learn so many lessons by kind of walking down that middle path and kind of like just going one step at a time. And that's literally been how my shows work. Even when I hit like a 500, I was already working at like I my listeners were like, hey, aren't you going to do anything for episode 500? And I was like, oh, man, like, sorry, I'm like working on episode 510. Like, <laughs> and then I was like, OK, let me do something. So, yeah, it's really helped me grow as a person. And that's something totally unexpected when you listen to podcasts or even when you think, even when I started, I was like, okay, like uh, this will be something interesting to try out and I'll see how it goes. And my biggest worry was following through on it when I first started. Cause I was like, okay, I don't know if I trust you to even follow through on this idea. Not like if I'd get listeners or if the show would work out, but now I'm like, wow, man, like not only have I learned a lot of tangible skills, it's like, I've learned to, to, uh, say thank you and be a better person in really small ways. I don't know. Do you remember seeing your first episode in iTunes? Oh, I, I mean, those first episodes were pretty tough. I mean, I remember, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think like it's interesting when you start a podcast and I think it, a lot of people go through this. There is a part of us that thinks like one Adam Curry is going to call, which I kind of wish I happened to be like, listen, you got to take this podcast off iTunes, dude. Like, this is terrible. Like, <laughs> Or that like it's going to go the opposite way and that it's going to immediately go viral right. and that you're going to have like thousands and thousands of listeners. And those are natural human expectations. They're unrealistic. But but I had those. But I also was like knew myself well enough to be like, OK, let's just concentrate on making two episodes and then let's concentrate on making seven episodes. And actually, like I, I would set up quit meetings with myself. So I'd be like, okay, we're not quitting between episode two and episode eight. And then me and my internal critic would sit down at episode eight because my critic would be like, this is terrible. This is so bad. There's no one listening. This is podcast is, it sounds bad. It's like, I'd be like, okay, at episode eight, you can tell me every reason why we should quit this podcast. But in between two and eight, like, you know, just let me try to do my best. And having those times like really helped me to just keep going that was one of the things I, I, I discovered by accident. And, and the times that it's gotten really tough for me has been when I've forgotten to set up those dates of like, okay, let's just make it to episode 75. Okay, let's make it to 150. To, just to get like your anxiety down or your expectations or like, how am I going to keep this going? How am I going to sustain this? Or, you know, there's a lot of noise in podcasting. You hear other people's, you know, how well they're doing or how right. well they're not doing. And some of that's real and some of it isn't, but it can impact like it's how they're doing. It's not how your show's doing. And I mean, I take it sometimes I hear, I'm like, wait, you're making how much money? Oh man, my yeah. show's I'm doomed now, man. There's no way I'm totally. And it's like, okay, that's their show. It's not your show. Like just let's make the best show we can. Yeah. When you had those feelings of like, oh, this is horrible and it's crappy. And, the, and then you say to yourself, all right, I'm just going to make it to episode 20 or whatever you're looking at. How did you get over that? You know, what's funny is like having those quit points 
when you get to the quit point, and I think it's like the paper dragon that the internal critic can be. When I get to those quit points, it's like, I'm like, okay, should we quit the show? Even my internal critic's like, no, why, why would we quit this show? There's uh, we're helping a hundred people fall asleep. And uh, we heard from, you know, a couple people and it's kind of fun. And, and I did, that's actually, I didn't mind that story. It's funny when you get to the quick quit dates and you kind of see what really is important. And it's like, oh, it's the listeners that are important. It's their experience. It's like uh, this opportunity to express myself. And I mean, distributed across the world for almost nothing. Okay, I always think about that. It's like, and for a lot of us, we own our shows. Where else are you going to have an opportunity like that? It's really, uh, that's when I'm like, okay, we can't quit. We got to keep going. Do you have any kind of like reoccurring negative voice that comes back and you're like, oh, it's you again? Is there like a nagging one that keeps coming back and you're like, no, 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 and you finally put it at bay? Unfortunately, I've never put it at bay. I wish I could say that. Like, I definitely have ones like, I guess I always want to default to either the bad or the good that are unrealistic. Like, either literally someone from the podcasting council calls me and they're like, you just shouldn't keep making the show. (laughs) It's just that easy. Or that something unrealistic happens. And and positive things do happen to some shows and like they do blow up, but like, you never see what was going on, like the work those people put in and everything. You just see like, oh, they have, they're getting a million downloads. Wow. Like, so for me, it's like trying to like rein those voices in, actually like kind of treat it like I treat my listeners and be like, Hey, you, you seem like you're pretty scared. Like you really wish your show had uh, 10 million listeners. I don't know any podcasts that actually have that many at all. So like, uh, you know, we're doing pretty good here. And I don't know, I tend to default to negative thinking, but the podcast has forced me to face the opposite, that there's all these people out there in the world. Yeah, there's critics and yeah, there's bullies and stuff, but there's so many people that just want to say thanks, that just want to be entertained, that just want to laugh. Well, I know Jessica Kufferman does, uh, she podcasts and she was talking about your show and she was talking about all, she's tried all this different headspace and all these other, you know, meditation stuff. And she goes, they're, they're actually, she's, she don't know why, but she's like, you are the magic pill. And so if you ever need a pep talk, just talk to Jessica and she will tell you how great your, uh, your podcast is. And the interesting thing is you've actually been able to create some, some monetization streams. So why don't you talk about like, I would think like Casper mattress would be a great sponsor, but like, do you have any sponsors? And I, I know you're working with Patreon. And so tell us how those are going and, and how you set them up and how they came about. Yeah. So Ca- actually Casper is a sponsor. I had done my show. And when I started after I'd done it for a while, I, I was like, let's just try to do it for two years. Cause if you really dig into like what people that are giving podcasting advice say, and you really start to listen if you don't bring an audience to podcasting, it seems like a lot of people say it takes like about three years to really develop an audience. And I, I mean, that's not easy to hear. And it wasn't easy for me to hear. But I was like, well, let's see how our audience is at two years. So when I got to two years, I decided there was enough of audience that like I connected with and that were getting a benefit out of what I was doing that I should keep going. I'm at like... I mean, this is probably unhealthy, but no matter what the cost, I was like, I'm going to keep, I'll find a way to keep making this show. And that was like about a year and a half ago. And slowly from there, you know, I started like doing Amazon affiliate sales, testing out some other CPA, like, uh, like cost per acquisition, like affiliate type sponsors. Then I started Patreon. Actually, just when I first started Patreon, I was to get money to hire editors because I was, you know, I was staying up 
way past my bedtime <laughs> sleep podcast <laughs> to make a sleep podcast. And I was like, I don't want to burn out and ruin this podcast either. Right. And then from there, we've added a couple podcasts. Once I got to the point where I could work with someone that could sell the ads, like that's been way easier. Like working with someone like Jessica or Gwen have been on your show mm-hmm. or I'm with a network now, so they handle it. But like having someone, I tried selling ads on my own and it was like a, a lot more challenging than I would have thought. And it's just not like it, my time's better invested in like making the best content I can. But yeah, like I, fe- I actually like really like think CPA ads, like depending on your show, are like, even if they're not a great way to make money, they're a great way to get free data. Like, because right. you get you get a code and you're going to know like, okay, on this date, I did an ad for this peach company or something. And, and you'll know how much you got paid. And then you can kind of see from there. Like, that was one thing I really like enjoyed about Amazon was like getting an idea of like how many people were responding and then being like, huh, can, can I impact this? And it might not be a way to make money, but you never know what that data like what you could do with it or like be like, okay, do I need to change stuff around? Like, uh, am I too nervous when I do the ad reads? That's one of my issues or too needy or too scared. Like, and is that impacting the ad reads and stuff like that? Boom. That's called good old fashioned practice and practice makes perfect. So Drew was like, look, I don't have any sponsors, but I'm going to pretend I have some. And that way I can actually know what I'm going to deliver when I get a real sponsor. I'm going to get some practice in on how to read about a sponsor. And then when I actually get a real one, I'll be practiced, I'll be ready, and I'll be honest with what kind of things they can expect from my audience. That is wow. Now, I would assume that your ads would be the beginning of your show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that, I, I know the answer to that. So that's when you do them. So you basically string them all at the beginning, I'm assuming? Yeah, and we have I have I work with a guy Jonathan Mann and he does jingles. We call them Lola jingles, which we kind of came up with because it was like giving like one extra thing to like keep the listener engaged for that part of the show. And it's difficult like with a sleep podcast, like a lot of companies especially if they don't listen to the show, they're like just like it's like wait, you make a podcast to what? What people is that on Showtime? Is that like an NC17 movie? So like if people don't listen to the show, it's a hard pitch. That's um, true. It is called sleep with me. Yeah. But I guess like I look at it like uh, like a lot of people, it's like if this is going to benefit my audience and it's going to keep the content coming out and like keep it improving. I take like Rob from Libson's advice. Like I still have a day job like uh, and uh, I, I'm readily burning like out of my vacation time. But like. It's like uh, I'm trying to hold on to that day job for as long as I can. So you've been doing this three years now. If you could go back and talk to to Drew on, on day one, what would you tell yourself to do differently? I guess like I'd be like, it's going to be OK, man. Like, I know you're going to get really stressed a lot of times and the road's going to be very uncertain. And a lot of this is going to be outside of your comfort zone. But just keep going and it's going to be OK. And that's like, like a hard thing. Like, I don't like sharing my numbers because it's like, if I shared my numbers with myself three years ago, I, I might quit my pot. Like, I might not, I might have quit going or something. Like, for me, the secret has just been keep going and just keep going slow. Be like, be so thankful for those listeners and, and thank them every chance like you can online and find out how they found out about the show. And dude, maybe stress a little bit less. I, I would say that to myself. Be like, <laughs> it's going to work out. Like, 
but I still tell myself that part of me, my critic now, I'm like, okay, yeah, we don't have all the answers and we don't know how it's going to work out. But, you know, these, this show's putting a lot of people to sleep and, you know, you seem to get along with the listeners and you seem to enjoy it. Like, it's going to be okay. I don't know. For all the negative thinkers out there. And, and I mean, and that's how I started my show. Anybody sitting on a show idea, I told myself that for like two or three years. Like, don't start this show. That's going to be so embarrassing. Like, uh, oh, that's a way, like, and even if your show, you, it, yeah, just you're worth trying it out. Like, you're worth trying that idea you're sitting on out to see how it goes. Even if it's just for that part of you that wants a little acknowledgement to be like, hey, I like your idea. Let, like, let, let's, let's make 10 episodes and see what happens. And who knows, like, what idea you're sitting on. Like, maybe they'll turn into some other idea or people talk about pivoting or changing. Like, if you see it through for 10, 20 episodes, you might change your mind. You might stop making the podcast or something else might grow out of it, like it, like a, a whole business. Like, when you think about Glenn or Ryan, like uh, guys at PodFest that have kind of built these businesses around their podcasts, like, you never know where it's going to take you. Well, I know I just was at this Ray Edwards Copywriting Academy. One of the things they said is that if what you're doing is an experiment, then nothing is a failure. It's always like, all right, that didn't work. So I've I've figured that out and I can now turn to the right as opposed to the left and things like that. And it sounds like that's kind of how you approach this. You're kind of like, yeah, let's throw it on the wall and see what happens. Yeah, because I, I really didn't. I had the idea of what I wanted the show to be in a feeling sense, but I didn't know how to record a podcast and I didn't really know what was going to like really put people to sleep. I, I was like, what if I could keep people company with bedtime stories? I mean, I get emails from listeners that have like started listening at the beginning and then they jump ahead and they're like, it's like listening to two different shows and mm. it's very disorienting, but, but that's just because my show, every episode has changed just a little bit. Like every episode, especially when you're editing it and you have to hear it, you're like, Ooh, I don't like this. Or when you get feedback and people early on were like, you know what? Like spiders wake me up. Like, please don't talk about spiders. Mm. I had to be reminded by listeners, like towards the end of my show, I would joke, like kind of like we were doing earlier. Like, you know, I, like, I don't even know if anyone's hearing this, so I could almost say anything. And people would email me, be like, you know what? I can hear it. And, <laughs> you know, I'm blind in bed alone. So yeah. like, don't remind me of that. And I'd be like, okay. Like, and it gave me an extra sense of importance to be like, for those people that are there at the 45th or 55th minute, like lying there that, uh, I've made a commitment to them to kind of keep them barely entertained. <laughs> well, and, and which is awesome. I mean, it's with each little piece of feedback, you're creating just a little better and a little better and a little better content and it's impacting people now and they're able to fall asleep. And, and, uh, I think the other thing that's probably happening here, at least it sounds like it, that sounds like some of your, your audience kind of feels alone. And maybe that's one of the reasons they're staying awake is they, they're, you know, it's them against the world. And now they're kind of not because you're there too. I, I would think that might be part of the reason they're able to fall asleep. Yeah. Like there's this idea of relatability, which I think the intimacy of podcasting is perfect for. It's like I was saying about the gentleman that wrote me this review about his experience with PTSD. It's like, I've never experienced PTSD, but I've experienced lying there in the middle of the night desperate. So while I can't exactly understand the PTSD and what's keeping him awake, like I can relate to the pain. Like, I don't know. I think podcasting 
and people's experiences, whether you're going to do a show about like uh, keeping chickens in, in your house or you're going to be doing a show about <laughs> Wall Street, like your relatability, like your experience, your personality, that's what people are going to connect to and build trust with. I mean, that's the thing. When I start my show, I kind of do a very similar thing because it's like I would be skeptical listening to this podcast. So I don't blame anybody. I'm like, wait, this guy wants to put me to sleep. What's he trying to sell? Vitamins? Like, uh, what's the angle here? Thinking about what you've been through and then thinking about, geez, how can other people relate to it? And I mean, one thing a lot of my listeners share is like when you can't sleep, people that can sleep, they don't really understand. They're like, just why don't you drink some warm milk? Uh, like, uh, that'll put you to sleep. Like I tried warm milk 25 years ago. Like, uh, no, 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 I can't. So yeah, (laughs) people are like looking for stuff they can connect with. Like, and they say, Oh, I see myself in that person or, Oh, they're dealing with something that that I've been going through. I mean, here in your last show about you hitting the deer, like we were talking about before we started recording, I could put myself right there and the frustration and the kind of adrenaline, like of like being in a car that just you know got in an accident, and then the kind of disappointment of being like, oh man, I just wanted to go home and go to bed, and now my car's leaking out all sorts of liquid. <laughs> well, that it's like I've I've never missed a Monday, and I was like, I have to find a way to get to some Wi-Fi because I never leave home without a microphone. So I was yeah. like, I got a microphone. If I can get to Wi-Fi, I can get to my files, and we'll we'll be good to go. One of the things you mentioned is you said you were. You know, there was that voice in your head that's like, oh, people are going to think this is stupid and things like that. Have you had any negative feedback? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get like, a, I don't know what the ratio is for negative feedback to positive feedback. I mean, I get definitely a lot more nice feedback. Right. Uh, but my show definitely triggers a real, I, I call it the soccer lad, uh, like especially in England and Australia in particular. It can set people off like it, and they like if you look at my reviews on uh, the UK store or the Australian store, there's some uh, pretty intense uh, negative <laughs> reviews out there because like a certain personality, they just hear it and they're like, what is this mis- mishmash? What is this mumbling right. nonsense? And I guess I, I respect that. It's like, uh, yeah, this show isn't for everybody. I mean, that's the beauty of podcasting. It's like. Uh, you know, if you, if you love grilling shrimp, there's probably five shrimp grilling podcasts and you can choose, oh, this is the host I like them or, the, you know, I like how they talk about grilling shrimp. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't. Bo- I mean, sometimes, you know, when people are really uh, harsh, it can bother you. But for the most part, it's another thing about podcasting that's expanded who I am and, and kind of made me grow up a little bit. Yeah. And like you said, the, the ratio to negative to positive is always, everybody I know, it's always more positive than, than negative. And you've even, even done a good job of IDing the fact that, hey, I'm noticing that the negative stuff is coming from these two regions. So it might just be something cultural where it's like you said, they're like, I don't, you know, I, in the same way that some people in the U.S. quite don't quite get Monty Python because it's, quote, British humor or something like that. Sometimes it's a little more dry. You know, the, the, you your show might not be the a cup of tea for somebody in the U.K. or, or Australian like that, and that's, that's okay because you are helping some people, and that's really what, what matters. And the other thing I heard you say, you're enjoying this and you're having fun. As much work as you put in, it sounds like you're having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Like last summer actually was like another kind of time where I was trying to figure out the future of the podcast and be like, wow, like, should I cut back? Like, am I going to have to keep a full-time job or or what am I going to do? And I was kind of 
let myself get down and I was on a family vacation and just being away from the podcast for like a week, I found myself missing it. Like I was like, man, I really miss like, uh, like acting like a goofball on the mic. (laughs) And I was like, even all the work, like, uh, it brings me a little bit of joy. And then hearing people's stories, like, uh, I mean, for you, like helping people find their voice must be powerful. And for me, it's like hearing just people like that have lost a loved one and they can turn to my podcast just to forget about it and fall asleep. Like I was like, who am I to just quit? Like, who am I to give up? Like, like, look at this, like, who am I to buy into this negative thinking? Like, uh, let's keep going. I think I say that a lot, but that's really been the key to my show is like sticking to the deadlines and keep going and keep getting a little bit better each time. Well, do you have any advice for, for the brand new podcaster that might be sitting there thinking, oh, nobody's going to listen to me or, or I don't, I don't know if I should do this or not. Uh, what would you talk, what would you say to that person? I'd be like, I mean, I, I know it's scary, but it's, I think it's worth it to find out like, and to hear, like, just, just to see how it goes, like in set a number of episodes, like, uh, maybe you put out two episodes a month. So try to do it for six months and release them and just see how it goes. And like you kind of joke about your show, no one's going to punch you in the face. No one will punch you in the face. Thank you, Ryan K. Parker from foodcraftsman.com. So people might send you some emails or sometimes you're going to hear crickets. In the end, you've created something and you've taken this huge courage, courageous step to put it out in the world. And not a lot of people get that opportunity. I mean, think about all the steps to publish a book or to make a movie or even to put something on YouTube that's around the world. Like, like you could put out a podcast and people could be listening to it in Chile and, and, uh, in, in Africa and China. And even if it's just one or two people, it's like, uh, isn't that worth the experiment? Like you're saying, and do look at it like an experiment be like, okay, what can I change here? Did I like this? Like, and just in case, like you kind of pointed out with me, like, what if this makes you happy? Like, why isn't that worth a try? Like to see, see how it goes. Like, what if this is fun? Like, who cares about the other stuff? Like, uh, if those the answer to those questions are yes. So, well, Drew, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's an interesting, you're like one of my favorite, like niche examples. I'm so I'm like, well, and I'll say, well, here's a, a podcast. I'm like, here's the goal. And when you say it to people like that, and then. I've known so many people that have actually gone and listened to your show and go, that's really, it actually works. It's really great. And so, yeah, so definitely keep going. Uh, you can find Drew over at uh, uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com. And, of course, it's available where all fine podcasts are listened to, your iTunes and Stitchers and things of that nature. But uh, you can check them all out at the uh, website. And, Drew, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Thanks for having me on, Dave. I just want to make sure, Glenn, you're not asleep in the shower, are you? Wake, wake up, buddy. Uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me on. It's a really a pleasure, and uh, I hope anything I said can help anybody make their show or keep going. It's great. Headline reads, America's horse husband drowns in the shower. Oh, yeah, I don't know. And the weird thing is my podcast name is Scooter, so uh-huh. that mean I could adopt his, uh, his pony. <laughs> the Scooter and Scooter Show. Yeah. Excellent. And there you have it, Drew Ackerman. His podcast, again, is called Sleep With Me. You can find it at Sleep With Me Podcast. If you know of anybody who's having a hard time falling asleep, give it a shot. And so I was doing some some research on Drew, and this is on the Washington Post. 
Are you ready for this? What do you think kind of downloads Drew is getting from a podcast whose sole goal is to put you to sleep? Well, according to the Washington Post, in an article titled, This podcast is so boring it puts people to sleep, and that's why insomniacs love it. According to this, it says, As of January 2017, Ackerman says, Sleep With Me counts 2.3 million monthly downloads. New fans also download, here we go again, his entire back catalog, which is hundreds of episodes, to start at the very beginning. So when people find something that's really niche, a lot of times they go, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only person going through this. They will download your entire back catalog, which then can help add up to things like, I don't know, 2.3 million monthly downloads. Hoofa that hard. That is amazing. And when I met him at Podcast Movement, I knew that there was something special about this dude. And wow, that's I'm just so happy because he's such a cool guy. Such he's a very sweet dude, pretty funny too. And uh wow, just just I stand and applaud you, my friend. That is amazing. So think about this. You could start a podcast today. And in a couple years, who knows where you might be ending up, right? Drew helped that guy with PTSD. That was amazing. And one of the things, one of the things that could have easily derailed this show was Drew comparing himself to other people. What? How much do you make per episode? Wait, how many downloads do you get per? That can really, now on one hand, it can fuel via competitiveness, right? If you have a friend that's doing a similar show, that competitiveness can fuel you to go harder, faster, stronger, longer, and not give up. But also comparing it to other people will feed that negative voice in your head that goes, you should just hang it up. And look what happened if he would have just hung it up. And he just said, I don't know, I'm going to borrow some equipment and I'm going to start. I could go on this forever. I just think this is a great story. And Drew, thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. So anchor.fm is an app They came out a while ago, and they recently came out with an update to their app, and it's kind of like, it's the social sharing app that lets you share audio. And there are a few of these. Clamor, by the way, as I record this, today was the last day of Clamor, C-L-A-M-M-R. Kind of a bummer, but I could talk about that in another show maybe. But I want to talk about Anchor because they came out with a lot of press that you can now create a podcast right from your phone for free. And that gets everybody's attention. Whoop. And here's the thing. If anybody ever offers to do this for you, this is the signal that you run away. These are the things that I help people avoid because they don't know what you're getting into. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You're not stupid. You're uneducated in the ways of podcasting. And I can go, whoa, 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 whoa. Before you go putting your hand on that hot stove, let me tell you something. That's going to burn you. And this is a case where it's going to burn you. So what they're going to do is they offer, because they're nice like this, to submit your podcast to iTunes for you. Oh, no, you don't. And that means the email associated with your account in iTunes will be theirs. And I don't know where you get to vote on what artwork they use, things like that. And do you know if they offer a redirect? At this point, we don't. And so what this means is there's a very good chance that, remember, later on this year, 
sometime later on this year, you're going to be able to see how far people listen to your podcast in iTunes podcast, in Apple's podcast connect. Not if you don't own your podcast, you're not. So that's a really bad idea. And so I was talking about this with Jim Cullison on my Saturday show. We do a, a live call in show, askthepodcastcoach.com slash live every Saturday at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. And Jim was saying, you know, this might not be a bad tool to get feedback from your audience. And I was playing with it this afternoon, spent a good hour with it, and it kind of is and kind of isn't. On one hand, Jim actually uh, helped me test it. He he answered a question, and it was cool. It sounded great because it's somebody using the microphone on their phone without using the phone lines, so it's, there's no way to get it off my phone. I can't, like, forward this to Dropbox. I can't. I can listen to it, but there's no way to get it off my phone that I see. When I log into Anchor on their website, there's no way to hear what's called a call-in. So, yes, I can get that feedback, but if I want to play it on my show, I've now got to basically take my phone and send it somehow into a mixer so I can then send it into my computer, however you want to get it. You're going to have to hit play on your phone and record on something to get that. And that, I was like, hmm, and that's kind of a like, wow, you just made this a pain in the butt to get feedback. You made it super easy to get it and super not easy to then use it. So I was like, hmm. And it's kind of a case where they're trying to be everything to everyone. So for example, I, I tied my SoundCloud to my anchor and then I shared a song that I liked of which is kind of weird because it then plays about 10 to 20 seconds. Now you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Does this mean I can play music on a podcast? Nope. Because if you then later go in to make this music track an episode, they go, no, 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 no. You can't send that. So just for the record, we haven't talked about that in a while. If you want to play music on your podcast, it's got to be what we call royalty free. So if you want to play whatever the latest, uh, you know, Kiss or, or Van Halen or whatever, Britney Spears, uh, you've got to have permission of the songwriter, the song performer, and whoever owns the mechanical rights, which is usually the record label. If you don't have that, that means you can't play it. It doesn't matter if it's 10 seconds, two seconds, two minutes, all of it. No, 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 can't do it. And so that made a lot of people think, and they're, they're kind of like, this is a way for everybody to do radio. Well, I've said this before, radio and podcasting are two completely different things. So my main point of this is if you heard I can make a podcast with Anchor, yes, you can poorly. So I would stay away from this. If you want to use it as a promotional way and maybe interact with your audience, you might try that. Just realize playing something from this is not great versus something like Voxer, where I believe you can download if somebody responds to you, or my favorite is SpeakPipe. But the difference with SpeakPipe is you have to send people to your website. This lets people follow you. So I hope in the future they'll allow you to send audio out of your app into something that you could then take and put it into your podcast. Because their thing is, oh, just throw it into your podcast. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not using you for a podcast. I'm using you for a feedback tool. So when you try to be everything to everyone, you're usually not good at any of the things you're trying. You, you are a, uh, how's that go? Master of none, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. So I'm still not really impressed with Anchor. I wasn't on the first version of it. And it's a cool app. I get it. But in the end, I'm like, not quite really 
what I was looking for at this point. It's anchor.fm. It is free if you want to check it out, but I definitely would not use this for submitting a show to iTunes. All right, I want to throw in one other quick clip that I got this week, and I just love when I hear cool ideas, and I'm like, yes, 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 make this podcast. Check this out. Hi, Dave. This is Lance Olive. I just launched a podcast called the Apex Roundup Podcast. I'm the mayor of Apex, North Carolina. I wanted to have a voice of my own that was a little bit disconnected from the official voice of the town of Apex, uh, but also wanted to kind of step in and talk about the things that the print media has kind of pulled away from talking about. They're no longer printing uh, valid news locally, and uh, they've gone more towards state or national news or human interest or recipes, and nobody's interested in that. They want to know what's happening right here, right now. I decided to start my own podcast, and thanks to you and uh, Chris uh, with the Engineering Podcast, uh, I listened to probably a dozen uh, episodes of each until I got confident enough to set up my own system, uh, begin recording. I made a couple of versions before I finally got the first one published. I'm now live on iTunes and Google Play. Had the first episode out working on the second one and looking forward to a successful long career. Thank you very much for your encouragement. I enjoy your podcast and keep it coming. God bless. Thank you, Lance. I think that's very cool. I know if I had, if there were like 42 hours in a day, I definitely would have a local podcast. And to me, here again, I think the riches are in the niches. I think the more niche you go, the more... I, I just watched the the documentary, The Messengers, with... Uh, I have an aunt who's in from uh, Texas. I watched it with a cousin. I watched it with a bunch of people, my great nephew. It was kind of... They thought it was kind of cool that Uncle Dave was on the TV. But it was cool to watch it in a room full of people who really didn't know anything about podcasting. My brother was like, wait a minute. I'm like, yeah, that guy there, Glenn the Geek. Yeah, he does this full time. Yeah, that guy, John Lee Dumas. He makes more money in a month than both of us do in a year. What? Huh? Wait, can I start a podcast? It was really, really cool. And in that, uh, Glenn the Geek talks about that his most rabid audience his most rabid audience that just love his show is the one that has the smallest audience because it's hyper niche. Now, you don't have to do that. Kind of depends on what you want to do with your podcast, but we've seen it. Those people that go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you, I found a show that puts me to sleep. I can't believe I found a show about carriage racing or whatever it is with Glenn. And uh, I, it's a it's a podcast about sheath cleaving. Uh, what? It's crazy. So, when you're ready to start a podcast, I've been doing this 12 years and I have seen what works and I have seen what doesn't work. And I have seen companies that come up with what they think are great ideas, but they're not great ideas because they're geared towards advertisers or they're not geared towards the audience. One of the things I loved about this interview with, with Drew is he said, you know, it's all about his audience. And I'm like, yeah, there's a guy that gets it. He gets it. And he didn't start off trying to make money. He was like, oh, I'm going to dabble with some stuff and see what I can figure out. But it was all about serving his audience and a guy that understood what it was like to be in their shoes. So if you are somebody with passion and a message, I am the guy to help you start that podcast and get you going in the right direction, not using technology that was really, really popular back in 2012, using the latest stuff, the latest techniques, the most up-to-date courses, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start is where you want to go. And if for some reason you have any 
trepidations. That's a big word. That's a, that's a quarter word, 50 cent word there, trepidations. If you have any kind of worry about eh, 30 days, you have 30 days to jump in there, check out all the tutorials, check out the private Facebook group. You can test the, uh, the private, the, the custom, the word that I can't remember, the priority email. You can test the priority email system. You can see the schedule for the private coaching. And if you don't like it, let me know. You get all your money back. We're talking worry-free purchasing. So I look forward to seeing you. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. You will not find that anywhere. It's just right here for you and me. It's my way of saying thank you for listening to the show. Nothing to update on the uh, the deer car situation. I still don't have a car. I'm using my brother's minivan, so uh, I think probably tomorrow I'm going to go out cruising for chicks. Oh, I know what you may be thinking. Dave, I thought they liked Camaros and Corvettes. No, 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 no. Chicks dig the minivan. I'm going to put it to the test. Anyway, he said hitting the microphone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. Um, and this is going to be an edit part because I just had a question and it went right out of my head. I love <laughs> when I do that. Excellent. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time.